What's happening, friends? This is Syracuse Football Post Game, presented by Krause Health, the official health care provider of Syracuse Athletics. Brent Axe, Emily Liker with you. The regular season is over. The Orange, as many predicted, by the way, I should add, finished 6-6 six and six on the 2023 season. A 35-31 win over Wake Forest at the JMA Dome on Saturday afternoon. What a game. Yeah, there is a coaching search going on, and I know you'll probably have lots of questions about that, and that's certainly something on the minds of Syracuse football fans. But what a way for Syracuse to go out. They're bowl eligible. We'll see which of these players actually will play in that bowl game coming up. Who will coach that bowl game coming up? All questions to be answered, including the big one, who the next head coach for the Syracuse football orange will be. But Emily, what a way to go out. Hey, breaking news. Garrett Schrader can still throw the football, as we saw today. And that was really the story. Schrader's return, not that Dan Villari and LaQuinn Allen didn't do what they've been doing. The defense kind of saved its skin with an interception late in the game after having a non-typical performance for them against one of the worst offenses, statistically anyway, in the ACC. But Garrett came back and led this team to victory. Yeah, you know, I think we were all surprised by by Garrett's involvement. Um it had been reported earlier this morning, Pete, ESPN's Pete Thamel um, had tweeted out that Garrett was going to be a game time decision. They were still kind of weighing how involved he was going to be. Um, and I kind of said, I was like, well, he might be more involved, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to throw. And then he he did. He passed. I think he was uh, he was 10 of 15 on the night, 173 yards, three touchdowns, uh, one interception that did get tipped. So that happens. Um, but by far has looked the best that he looked in weeks. Um, and you know what? He was, he was really emotional post game, which um, he really I, was. I won't say was, I won't say it was a surprise necessarily, but um, I think was special to see, like he, he kept on reiterating that this was his last guaranteed game of his football career. I mean, this is a guy who's completely out of eligibility. It's not like he can come back next year if he wanted to. Um, doesn't necessarily have a, a guaranteed uh, NFL future um, or a real shot at the NFL, I feel like at this point. Um, so this game mattered to him and, and he he clearly wanted to play it. And it sounded like Campanelli and, and Beck were both behind him and, and it worked out for Syracuse. It really did. And Emily, they ran 58 run plays in this game, 17 pass plays, but it's incredible the balance that was there. When you look at the stats, so Syracuse had 224 passing yards. Schrader had 173 of those. Dan Villari, Mr. Everything, the Swiss Army knife for this team lately. He had a couple of passes for 50 yards, including one for a touchdown. Schrader with three. They had 244 yards on the ground. That's an incredible evening, if you will, with that huge gap between run and pass plays. And what we saw today was the passing came in just the right moments. Syracuse had a lot of long, sustained scoring drives in this game. 11, 12, 17 plays. They had a 14-play drive right before halftime that they did not score on because there was a play where uh, Damian Alford was ruled out at the one, and then they threw a pass to LaQuinn Allen. He was short of the end zone, and they just ran out of time. But then they come out of the third quarter, bang, put up a, a touchdown, four plays, 75 yards in that case. I mean, it was good to see the forward pass again. I will say that after this ground and pound approach that Syracuse has had, it's what they had to do. It's what worked for them. But to see the passes come at the right moments and Schrader really struggled to get some of those throws there, but he got them there. And that was the important thing. And it was just enough balance 
that I don't think Wake Forest was really anticipating, Emily, because they they pulled the okie doke and Dino Baber is a smiling somewhere because nobody loved the cloak and dagger game more than him. Schrader didn't throw in warmups, right? So we're all kind of, you never assume anything, I guess. You got to keep an open mind to these things, but it just felt like it was tracking towards yet another game. And Coach Campanelli said in postgame, Emily, that I think you asked him the question, right, about when Schrader would be ready. And he said, oh, like 207, you know, right when the game was kicking yeah. off. So this was, and Schrader mentioned it himself, how they were in meetings. Like, what are we going to do? And the plan was basically built around him not throwing the football, but you go with what you got right to the last moment. And boy, did it work for the Orange. Yeah, well, and you kind of, th- you kind of throw in, too, that Carlos Del Rio showed up and he was on the sideline and he he went on the stationary bike he was one of the first quarterbacks i saw come out for for warm-ups and he was riding around on the stationary bike and moving around just fine um i think we, we believed it was a lower body injury what we saw during that game with boston college indicated it was a lower body injury but never obviously got clarity on what it was but so then he was he was out there warming up with the starting center and, and going and it's like okay well maybe maybe they'll put carlos in to throw but no, they, they pulled it off again, and, and Trader got a, a nice outing for his final game at the Dome. Emily, our Syracuse Sports Insiders, were really texting before the game, during the game. It's been a great week to be an insider with a coaching search going on and all the great questions that you guys have had. If you are not a Syracuse Sports Insider, it's easy to become one. Just text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. I text you, you text me. We are giving you some insight from the locker room. I sent a picture to our Orange Insiders of Dan Valari and LaQuinn Allen. They had the uh, bowl-bound T-shirts on next to each other, and it's just great to hear what's on your mind, particularly this week with everything going on with this program, basketball kicking into shape. So here is what uh, some of the texters were saying, not only during the game but afterwards. Michael texted in to say, Brent, how many penalties did Syracuse had today? That had to be one of the lowest of the season. It ended up six for 60, which I, Emily, I don't think that's the lowest for the season, but what they really cut back on today, impactful penalties. You didn't have the procedure penalties. You didn't have the things that have just really bit this team square in the, you know, what all year long, they had some penalties, but nowhere near, it was more of a, you know, this is the wrong way to put it in, in one Way, but the quality of the penalties they get, the impact of the penalties they've had has almost been worse than the sheer number of it. Today, I don't really remember a penalty other than that pass interference that gave Wake Forest the ball down the stretch that really impacted uh, the game for Syracuse, that really stood out. And by the way, that was a call that could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only other one that really comes to mind is uh, Marlo Wax had the pretty blatant face mask call. At one sure. point, I don't, yeah. I don't remember, I don't remember how much that impacted like that drive or whatever. Um, certainly the, the DPI call was the only one that, that really had an impact. And then in the end, Syracuse shut that down pretty quickly. So it ultimately didn't have an impact besides just making the defense stay out on the field for a couple more plays, making everyone hold their breath a bit longer. Emily, a lot of people, including Rick, texted in to say, guys, love the show. Just proud of this team coming out and playing hard with everything going on. So many texters were saying that they're happy for this team. They're happy for these guys. They understand what's going on. It's, you know, for fans of mob movies, love the line. It's, it's nothing personal. It's just business. That is the ultimate line with Syracuse football right now. But winning this game was personal 
for Schrader, for Villari, for Allen, for these players, winning for the seniors and getting to that bowl game and getting over that finish line. The business side of it, of course, is the coaching thing. But, you know, Coach Campanelli saying how proud he was to be a part of this. It's one of the highlights of his professional career. It's actually the second time he's had to do this as an interim coach. He did it at Rutgers as well. Uh, Roger asked, does anyone think that Dino Baber should have been allowed to finish the season? Uh, he was offered that opportunity, as John Wildhack said earlier this week at his press conference. We don't know why Dino declined on that, but he did. And Emily, while players weren't really providing the details on this, which is certainly their right, Dino did talk to some players this week, Schrader included. I know he talked to Isaiah Johnson, um, any others on the list that we know about, but there were some players that did talk to Coach Baber. So one way or the other, even though he declined to coach this game, his message was getting through to some current players. Right, yeah. And obviously we don't get to talk to everyone post-game, um, and, th- and that just question didn't get to everyone. Um, other things we got to ask about and things like that. Um, my inclination just from hearing that that Johnson and Schrader were two of the guys he talked to is maybe he specifically tried to target these seniors, these guys that walked. Um, but that is just a theory. I don't, I don't know that for certain. Michael wants to know, just curious why Coach Campanelli is at least in not in the conversation for head coach. Seems the answer is obvious to everyone, but me, as a pretty good pedigree, was considered good enough to be interim. I just think that if you're Syracuse, you're looking for a wow factor. You know, if if an, it is Dan Mullen, right? Let's just say for argument's sake, previous head coach has made an impact. He's a name out there. You want to energize the fan base. Now, if it is, let's say, Bob Chesney, another rumored candidate who seems to be right there at the top of John Wildhack's list, he's in the same camp as Nunzio Campanelli there. You really got to sell a guy like Chesney. You can look at his resume and say, look what he's done here, right? I just think that timing is everything there. I think Coach Campanelli did a great job under the circumstances. He mentioned that he just let Rocky Long and Jason Beck call their offense, call their defense, do their thing. He's a personable guy. Emily, I'm, I think they're really hoping whoever the next coach is to keep Coach Campanelli on board. He's got strong connections in the state of New Jersey, of course, which is a huge recruiting target for Syracuse. But you know, nothing against Coach Campanelli. I just don't think that adds enough of a wow factor here. I think that Wild Hack is truly looking to turn the page. Yeah, you know, I, I think if they found a way to keep Campanelli, it would certainly benef- be beneficial for them. But I, I don't know that there's a strong possibility of that actually happening like like that is a rare case to bring in a new head coach and, and keep any of the assistants um that, that just doesn't really happen I did ask uh Campanelli postgame if Wild Hack had told him at all that they were hoping that they could keep him moving forward and he said he had not had that conversation so this one from Rob says guys um I missed what Valari let slip about culture I heard that that turned a few heads I'm going to say this, Rob, stay tuned on that. That is something to follow up on. Emily, what I've loved about Dan Villari is how much of a straight shooter he is. He says what's on his mind. I think fans appreciate that. I had one fan get in touch with me and say, give him the 44 for next season based on everything that he's doing, right? I think people appreciate that leadership that he's showing. So Villari said at postgame that he inferred there were, there were some things with the culture. There were some things happening with this team that need to be cleaned up. He referenced his time at Michigan when he learned about being there and how he thinks whoever the coach is next, they can clean some of that stuff up. So yeah, Dino did kind of touch on that during the season. There were some players with their nightlife and things of that nature. I don't want to speculate here, but Dan was pretty uh, 
blunt about that, Emily, that he, he feels like there were some issues uh, within the team that, that need to be cleaned up going forward. Yeah, he, he kind of dropped that. And then when he got pressed on it further, like kind of was like, I don't want to I don't want to talk about this anymore, which I understand. Um, you, sometimes when you're talking about things, you don't realize what's coming out of your mouth until you've said it. Um, I did think it was interesting. He, he referenced Michigan and, and in that conversation, just because I think we all know what's going on at Michigan right now. And I think there's probably some culture questions about Michigan, too. But for sure, they are top. Yeah. They are top five. They're going to the college football playoff. Uh, just had a strong win today over a rival. So, yes, <laughs> I'll take his point. 315-847-3895. Send the word orange to that number to sign up to become a Syracuse Sports Insider. Love hearing from you guys throughout. Okay, a couple other highlights here, Emily. LaQuint Allen, who I think is arguably the MVP of this team, has been one of the most consistent players on this team. Schrader certainly got the shine because they, he came back and put some oomph into the offense. Valari, as we're talking about here, did everything on the, the field again, it seemed, but punt the football. But there's Allen again. What do you end up with today? 132 yards, I believe, on the day. Yeah, 32 carries, 144 24. yards. Pardon Career me. High. Career high for him. He averaged about five yards a carry. Just there he is, game after game. You know it's coming wildcat running the football he just keeps plowing ahead and speaking of bowl games emily this that's when laquint you know launched at that bowl game a year ago with sean tucker out and now you come full circle a year later and he is a major reason why this team is going bowling for back-to-back seasons for the first time since 2012 and 2013 right i mean he's just been incredible this season this was his let me make sure I get it right. This was his fourth consecutive 100-yard rushing game. He passed 1,000 yards for the season, I think, early in the third quarter it was. I mean, he, he's just been such a driving force of this offense and been able to keep it going through a lot of the struggles it's had the past few weeks. We've seen his yards after contact. We've seen the way he he keeps going for every single yard and keeps fighting for that. And, and you know what? Like, it, it feels like it's been forgotten a little bit, but – he almost was not going to be here for this team this year. That's right. Because of the disciplinary matter he had and, and all that stuff that went on with the university this offseason. And so you don't want to think about that if you're a Syracuse fan because, whoa, imagine how different the past four weeks would be. But, I mean, his, his value to this team cannot, I think, be stated enough. Well, here's how that comes full circle. He was included in a captain's meeting this week mm -hmm. before the game. Everybody is kind of reassessing with Coach Campanelli. What do we do? How do we go forward? How do we focus on this? And look, this is a team that could have folded. This is a team that could have just, it's too much to handle. They're in a losing streak, a lot of adversity. Clearly, they had a lot of respect for Coach Babers. They just could have folded. They went the opposite way and really gal it galvanized them. And I think pretty much all of us, pick Syracuse to win in our predictions this week. And one of the reasons I did, Emily, was, frankly, I thought Wake Forest is a very beatable team. But also, I th there's just something when these things happen that tends to galvanize players and mm -hmm. tends to galvanize teams. And we definitely saw that side of Syracuse out there tonight. That's that's the word I used in my, my score prediction, was I think this is going to galvanize them. And it, it certainly did. And, you know, I, I think that was obvious from – the, the way that Dan Villari spoke after the last game and, and how he said that he wanted to get this six win, not just for the seniors, but for the coaching staff. And, you know, the, the entire assistants, all the assistants got to shake the seniors hands as they came out today. Um, 
with obviously no permanent head coach here to do it. So um, I, I think it's clear that that this team is going to miss this assistant coaching staff and that there are a lot of gems in this assistant coaching staff who are going to get picked up and valued elsewhere. Emily, that's the game. we got to get that's in some thoughts on the big question. So Syracuse is in a coaching search. We've certainly heard a lot of names through the week, but the closer we got to this game, the more the list narrowed. And it feels like the John Wildhack knew who to target. I Listen, you've got to leave a lot of things open in a coaching search. Weird stuff happens. So don't put this you know chiseled into a tablet, guys. But the sense that I'm getting, and Emily, I wonder if you agree, we are going to find out, I think either Monday or Tuesday, who the new head football coach at Syracuse is going to be. This is moving quickly. It feels like that wild hack knew who he was going after. I certainly think Bob Chesney is at the top of that list. I certainly think that Dan Mullen is a legit candidate. There were rumors that Mullen was in town this week. That is not true. He was not at practice. Coach Campanelli even commented on that in post game. I had sources tell me that he was not at practice. Not to say, and I don't know this for sure, that he talked to Wild Hack. That was reported this week. We don't know that. But it feels like there's way too much smoke around that fire. If he wasn't a guy, I think that would have got denied quickly, or even he himself would have taken himself out of the running for that. Who the third or fourth names, if there even are some to this point, are there? We'll see. We know the names that were on all the lists here. But this feels like Wild Hack wanted to jump. He knew he was going after. You're dotting I's, you're crossing T's. And I feel like we're going to find out soon who the new head coach is going to be. And if I had to put money on it, Emily, at this point, I think it's either Chesney or Dan Mullen. That's just my opinion. What do you, what's, uh, how you taking in everything right now? Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be quite as early as Monday or Tuesday. I think certainly um, it is seeming like something will be set in stone by the end of next week. And, you know, that aligns with the idea that you want to get it done before the transfer portal opens on the 4th. Um, I think I would also agree that it, it seems like Chesney and Mullen are are the front runners. Now, how much of that is that perception is just that they're getting talked about the most? I don't know. Um, like, like you kind of said, there's always so much smoke in these situations and so many different people hearing things from people who are hearing things. And so like, I think my, my advice for Syracuse fans would just be like, take a breath. Like it's all going to be okay. And it's going to happen when it's going to happen. Like, don't work yourself up into a frenzy over the next 24 hours, like freaking out. Like, it's just not, it's just not worth it. Like spend time with your family tomorrow (laughs) i do not want to see a bunch of tweets tomorrow claiming that people know so and so is coming into town and what what not like it'll it'll happen when it'll happen and just be careful like who you're listening to and what you're trusting and that type of stuff that is sound advice i would also encourage syracuse fans to do this if you have a favorite i get it i understand that But if it ends up not being that guy, you got to keep an open mind. You can't go into a new era of a head coach already with two strikes against him because it wasn't the particular choice that you had. You got to let it play out. Patience is a virtue. But I think uh, we're, we're, we're getting close. We're knocking on the door here, and we'll certainly be all over it, trying to separate fact from fiction for you and reporting on all of it. So much more to come on this. Okay, Emily, I'm going to leave you with with the choice, okay, because I know you've got an obligation you need to get to. 
Do you want to stick around for a couple voicemails and then go, or do you need to go? I want to hear Rock and Rod email or voicemail, and then I will probably okay. have to depart. <laughs> okay. Now you got to forgive me here because I'm not sure which is which. I do have a couple voicemails ready to go. I just I didn't have time to label which one is which, so we're just gonna play voicemail roulette and see who we get. But there is a rock and ron voicemail somewhere in here. But let's uh, let's go to the voicemails here and see what you guys had to say. Hey Brett, rock and ron here in Florida. Just last night was pulled a good win out of there. This was where the offense actually pulled the defense out. We need to uh, keep this rolling one more game, hopefully. Looking forward to it. And I tell you, Mr. Velarde, I hope the new crew that comes in uses this tight end like you've been asking for, and I know I've been asking for. And uh, retrain these boys and get them working and getting them in shape and open uh, to get some victories here. You guys have a good one. At least we get to chat maybe one more game. <laughs> Talk with you two later. Have a good one. The one and only Rock and Ron, ladies and gentlemen. A happy guy, and he made a great point. The defense didn't have their best day. Gave up a lot of yards and a lot of points. And to an offense that's statistically, I can say that word, one of the worst in the ACC, but they made the play at the end with the interception by Simmons when they needed to. They bended and bended and bended, but they did not break today. That is correct. And, you know, like, again, like, I think it came down to, yeah, they were giving up a lot of plays, but there were some some real moments when it mattered that they did lock it down. And that was something that Campanelli mentioned. I mean, obviously at the end, but there is the other drive, too down at the opposite end of the field where they they forced them to settle for a field goal instead of giving up seven points and and so yeah i think bend 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 but didn't break is the best way to put that all right emily great job tonight great job throughout the season there's more to come i mean the off season becomes like a full season here with everything going on yeah. there's a bowl game to come there's a coaching search the portal like what off season it doesn't exist right we're going to be all over it for you but thank you so much for all your, your work and, and, and great insight here on the pod and through the season. But uh, we got more to come. Yeah, I'll see you again soon, Brent, I'm sure. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. We'll see you soon. Emily Liker, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, man, what a, how lucky are we to have Emily on our team? And uh, she's awesome. And I love working with her. And she's just done an excellent job on the beat. And uh, more to come, as we said. Much more to come. Uh, let me go through a few more of your comments here. And we do have two more voicemails I want to get to. And I'll check in one more time on the text line as well. Our Syracuse Sports Insiders at 315-847-3895 before we exit stage left. We've got John here says, just put a big buyout in the contract. As you guys in the Facebook comments have been talking about the contract situation here. Rob wants to know we'll have a new head coach before we know what bowl we're in. Uh, I think so, Rob. I actually think so. I think we will know who the coach is before the bowl bids are handed out, that those are going to come fast and furious with most regular seasons over, of course. There are a few games next week, the Army-Navy game to come and things of that nature, but I do think we will know the coach before we know the bowl game. Robert Sanvillari should be used as a quarterback, big, tall kid that can run and pass if allowed to. Incredible press conference with him. Totally agree, Robert. Emily and I were just talking about it. You know, look, 
as we like to say in, in the newspaper, now digital online business or just any media business, we love good copy, right? We love people that are honest, that give you good quotes, that will talk to you, that get it, that understand. And it's not just for, for us. Remember, they're talking to you, right? Press conferences, media opportunities, this is their way to talk to you. Now, can they do it on their own on social media and things of that nature these days? Of course they can. But it is still the best way. We are the conduit to you. And I love when you have players that put it on the line, that exude leadership, and Valari is honest. And I really appreciate that. And he's easy to get behind. He had a great tweet this week with some t-shirts that he's selling not to give him a free commercial here but it was a spectacular t-shirt almost kind of looked like a metallica t-shirt he wore a spectacular t-shirt into a previous game too it was the scene from goodfellas when you had ray Liotta laughing right what am i when i make you laugh what am i a clown huh when i make you laugh so just for his t-shirt game alone you gotta love dan valari but i love his honesty and robert with a great point there uh Charlie asks here, go back a sec, does Schrader have any eligibility left? The answer is no. Schrader has used his eligibility. I'm kind of wondering if he's going to play in the bowl game. You know, it's one thing to go out there, battle for your teammates today, and get this team over the finish line. Schrader saying that he had a lot of people in his ear about what to do about his health, and ultimately he wanted to go out there and play for his guys. They had worked too hard and come too far to not have their quarterback out there if he could be out there, right? But now if you're Schrader... And I think this is going to be an uphill battle for him, honestly, to work his way into consideration to be drafted. But you want to go through the process healthy, and you want to tell NFL teams that there's a clear injury history there that he's going to have to fight through, but have the opportunity at workouts and individual sessions. I don't know if you would get invited to the combine, but if he does, just show his stuff. And I think teams are going to appreciate what he did for his team here, but a bowl game, it's kind of one step too far. Uh, Marlo Wax would not commit to coming back. Uh, he was non-committal on that. Doesn't mean he's not going to. He just kind of wanted to announce things on his own terms. And remember, you had guys sit out the bowl game last year. Sean Tucker, Matthew Bergeron, some guys that were up for the National Football League, which I support. Completely understand if those guys want to do that, right? So we'll see who is involved in the process for the bowl game coming up. But they got there. They got to that mark, that 6-6 six and six mark, which John Wildhack said was not good enough in terms of his standard was 7-5, and five, and that's why he decided to move on from Dino Babers, right? You've got to think about the what-ifs here, and you can't do that. The season played out the way it did. Injuries happen, right? But if Schrader's healthy... I don't think we're talking about a coaching change. I think he's good for at least one more win that would have got Syracuse to that 7-5 and five threshold, and I don't think we're talking about a coaching change. Think about the what-ifs here. If Schrader was there all year, just look at it, the way he rallied, and, and, and what a walk-off for him in his final game at the Dome. What a career for him. Four coaches, five offensive coordinators, two different schools. He went through a coaching change. Right. And I asked him about that afterwards, what his advice would be to this team going through a coaching change. And he just said, you got to do what's best for you. Have patience. Talk to the coaches. See what your role is going to be. But Schrader, you know, people talk about the transfer portal and NIL as negatives. Right. And I get that there are negatives there. It's not a system without flaws. OK, we have talked about many, many times. But what I love about the transfer portal is 
the second chances it gives a player like Schrader. Starts as a freshman, plays a bunch of games. New coaching staff comes in. They put him at wide receiver. Sally, I want about Coach Babers, and I believe the coaching change was necessary, but he gave him an opportunity. And no matter what happens from here on out for Garrett Schrader, he's always going to have this team, this season, the past couple seasons, this game alone, let alone some of the great games that Schrader has led Syracuse to victory and really endeared himself to the fan base. What a walk-off if this was his last game and he does not play in an upcoming bowl game, right? There is the good side of the transfer portal. Second chances, opportunities. There's a bad side to it. I think Deuce Chestnut found out the hard way. Jihad Carter found out the hard way. And that's the risk you take by going into the portal. But there's a lot of great stories in the portal, too. And these student-athletes, as they are ridiculously called, and that's a whole different topic for a different day, but these athletes... They play their cards right, and they're smart about it. He did get a second chance, and he took full advantage of it. So for those that don't like the portal, I get it, but I feel like we need to tell more of the success stories than nag on the guys that don't make it. And even John Wildhack earlier this week was taking shots at some of the guys that went in the portal and did not have success elsewhere that left Syracuse. So take that for what it's worth. couple more voicemails here that I wanted to play. Here we go. Hey, Brian, Andy here. Uh, how's it going? Um, just getting done watching the game. Great win. Uh, I got two questions. Uh, did Allen get over 1,000 yards rushing? And two, um, what was so different with the game today? Because past three games, Schrader didn't look like he could do anything, and yet he comes out and they're really throwing the ball today. I think that, I mean, that was a big difference for one, but – I'm just wondering, is why was it so different with the way the play calling was? It's just kind of funny the way this game was played. Um, just wondering your thoughts. I'll listen to your uh, podcast and see if you have any comments. Thanks, bye. Thank you, sir. Two very good questions. On why things were different today, I mean, frankly, Wake Forest. Wake Forest had a hard time stopping Syracuse when they were just doing the basic up-the-gut, run-the-football I think that they lulled Wake Forest into, and Wake Forest all week long had to be preparing for that Wildcat, had to be preparing for what they've seen the past couple of weeks and were taken by surprise when Schrader stepped back to throw. The timing of those throws, guys, was huge in this game. And they started with some short throws. You got to give a lot of credit to Alford and Umari Hatcher with, uh, to use an old Paul Pascaloni expression, the yak yards after the catch. Alford, 47 yards, catch and run, 35-yard touchdown, catch and run. Hatcher got extra yards, stretching for that extra two, three, four, five yards. And those guys have been non-existent in the offense. By the way, senior day and senior walk afterwards, Alford was the one surprise. I shouldn't say one, but one of the bigger surprises that did do the senior walk. And he had a huge game. I did want to talk to Alford after the game. He came into the media room. I was Denied access to talk to Alford because he left the game. That's a Syracuse policy. The players that are, are medically uh, discharged from a game, and he didn't return after leaving the field with about 12 minutes to go. But I wanted to ask Alford a bunch of things, including the question that you had there. Alas, we didn't get that chance. Hopefully we will before the bowl game here. Now, on your question about LaQuinn Allen, I want to double-check my math here. The answer is yes. LaQuinn Allen got over 1,000 yards. He finished the season with 1,062 yards 
I believe I did take that over in our over-under show to start the season, so bing. At least I got one of those right. And I said it to Emily earlier, and I'll say it again, guys. I think if it's up to me and I'm handing out the MVP of this football team, it goes to LaQuint Allen. No matter what, what the offense was, game in, game out, that guy was as consistent as it comes and became a leader. We mentioned what happened in the offseason. What do you do to step forward from that? What do you do to gain trust again with your teammates, the university, the fan base? He's in a leadership meeting this week. That tells you everything you need to know. He's my MVP. He's the guy that held the ship steady through all of it. Valari's right there, don't get me wrong. But if you're talking about valuable player to this team, I, I give it to LaQuint Allen. I give him a lot of credit for what he did. Uh, one more voicemail. Hey, Michael Antonio in Florida. Yeah, I mean, this is a great win to get to a bowl game. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I love that. However, you know that the most important thing right now is that coaching search. Now, I don't know if they're sure who they want, but I bet you they're mulling it over. <laughs> don't have a rim shot, but I wish that I did. Mulling it over. But I'm ching. Yeah, I was saying it to Emily a little bit earlier, guys. And don't etch this in a tablet. I could be dead wrong here. I've seen weird stuff happen in coaching searches before. I think it's either Chesney or Mullen. If you're just asking my opinion, I think it's one of those two. There's probably another name you put on the list just for consideration. So now you step back. There's a search committee. They get together. They talk about it. They go. They vet their final candidates. I don't know if there's any more interviews to be done out there. And then you make a decision. And guys, again, I could be wrong about this, but I, I feel like we are going to know Monday might be too soon, but it wouldn't stun me. Tuesday, I, here's my prediction. I think by close of business Wednesday, if you will, we're going to at least know who the coach is. Doesn't mean they'll have a press conference yet or anything formal, but we're going to know. And that's going to be announced. This has been a quick search. I think Wild Hack targeted who he wanted here. It wasn't just, let's see who comes to us kind of thing. I think he knew who he wanted, who he talked to. And we're going to find out, I think by close of business Wednesday, who the next head coach is going to be. So as they say, kids, stay tuned. Let me just tech, uh, check, pardon me, the text line once again, our great uh, Syracuse sports insiders. William checking in saying he loves listening to Rock and Ron. Will from Canastota. What's up, my friend? Appreciate that. Got home from the Dome after a good win. Signing up to be a Syracuse Sports Insider. Well, right off the bat there, my friend, you get on the podcast because our Syracuse Sports Insiders get priority on this podcast. Love to hear it. And with a coaching search on the way, we're going to be busy talking to you guys here. And, you know, just reading through some of the text, just so many people saying, let's go Orange Bowl season. Michael B. saying that. People proud of this team. Let me go back to some things that we were saying during the game and right afterwards. Uh, shout out to John who asked this question. Do you? Ex uh, let me see here. Let me just pull it up quickly. Would you expect any players to skip the bowl game either because they're in the portal or think they're in the draft? You know, we went over that a bit, John. Absolutely. I think, and I don't want to start speculating about names, but you're going to have some players go in the portal. Law of averages, it happens every year. I don't think you're going to see Schrader or Marlowe Wax in a bowl game because I think they have NFL considerations to think about here. And that's kind of become standard now that you skip a bowl game, if particularly if you have a shot to get drafted or need to move up the rankings. 
to get drafted. You don't want a, a bowl game injury to cost you there. So I don't think there's any question that Syracuse, when they take the field in whatever bowl game it is, it's going to be a roster that looks different than the one that was on the field in this game against Wake Forest. That was the case last year in the pinstripe bowl. Uh, let's see here. It's going back through some of our great Syracuse sports insider texts that came in after the game here. Uh, different Michael says, what a game hats off to the players and coaches is this for sure could not have been an easy game to play. Just going back to it here. Give me a sec, guys. Uh, not just with the opponent, but emotions of the firing and your head coach, a true team win today. A lot of you guys were saying that, and for sure, you got to give a, a shout-out to that. Not easy to do. Garrett Trader described it as chaos, and that is exactly what it was. It was chaos. It was hectic. And, oh, by the way, you got to put a game plan together. I think playing a team like Wake Forest helped. I'm not going to lie. Wake Forest had a terrible season. But as we mentioned, they played much better on offense than anybody anticipated here and gave Syracuse a game right to the end. It wasn't for that interception at the end by Simmons. This thing's getting hairy, right? But that offense just answered the bell time after time after time. All right, this is the one I wanted to end with here. Shout out to Matthew. <laughs> a great text. And we'll end on this note. Is it possible to franchise tag Allen? So he can't enter the transfer portal. I don't think he's going to go in the portal. I think he's committed to being here at Syracuse, but new coach, new situation. You just don't know. That's what's going to make for a fascinating off season, which is why stay tuned to this podcast. The Syracuse sports podcast will be coming at you. Become a Syracuse sports insider. Just text the word orange to 315-847-3895. You get priority on this podcast. You get to text me directly. You get my opinions first. When there's a new coach, which I think is going to be relatively soon, guys, you're going to get it before anybody, before Twitter, before anything, right? If I have any news to break, you're going to get it first as an insider, right? The questions and comments that come from you guys, it helps us shape our coverage and what questions we should ask the players and coaches, the things that we should write about. I love getting the feedback from you guys. Keep it coming. Tell your friends. Sign up. Text Brent. You can text me anytime. I'm not going to text you back at like 2 in the morning, but open line for you anytime, guys. You up? Hey, Brent, you up? You want to talk coaching search, right? I got to sleep sometimes, but we have just been so excited to see what's happened so far with Syracuse Sports Insider. Let's keep it going. Text the word orange to 315-847-3895. You get to try it free for two weeks and then just $3.99 a month after that. I think we'll end on that note, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Syracuse Football Postgame presented by Krause Health, the exclusive healthcare provider for SU Athletics. Take a deep breath because there's no such thing as an offseason with a coaching search, the portal, a bowl game to come, so much more, but... The regular season officially ends at 6 and 6 with a 35-31 win over Wake Forest. We'll talk to you next time guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.